Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, senor. It's a dimly lit room, deep, deep within the bowels of the... Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, everybody, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the Yankee Cat. The what? <laughs> the Yankee Cat. The little feline I'm dubbing the Yankee Cat got loose at the Yankees game, I think it was last night, and eluded security for four solid minutes as the crowd roared and chanted and rooted for the cat. Fantastic. Loved it. We posted that video at armstrongandgetty.com under, I think it's under hot links or might have its own button, but uh, lifted my spirits today. Perhaps it will lift yours. Executive producer Hanson, I have the most important duty of your day for you. Come down here, please, and turn the lights down. I can't. I don't know how to turn the lights down, and I can't work in a bright room. I just can't. We've worked in this room for like a decade and a half. How do you not know how to work the lights? Because you, you, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's learned dependence. Ah. Ah. It is learned dependence. Somebody else always turned the lights down. Sean, I have been Sean blinded always, by the glare off your dome. This is better. Sean always turned the lights down, and yes, now he's he gone, and I don't know how to turn the lights down, and I can't work it I'm like Blanche Dubois <laughs> from The Streetcar Named Desire. You're somewhat like that. Yes. She is an aging beauty, and she, and she, um, it's mandatory she's in a very dark room all the time because she doesn't want to see people, people to see how she has become, how uh, she looks at this point in her life. Yes. And that's me. I want to be in a dark room. I don't want people to see what I look like at this point in my life, I guess. I don't know. What's the famous line from that? I uh, depend on the kindness of strangers. I've right? always, re- uh, yeah, I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. Yes. Bit of a hoe. Anyway. Um, Judgmental. Slut shaming. Um, <laughs> uh, how y'all doing? <laughs> Just fantastic. Yeah, well, before I start into something, let me say this. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then, uh, diving into action officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. A streetcar filled with garbage at Mark. Point five. Oh, oh no! Pamela, where? Fail dive. Oh. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I think Michael has the uh, the best description. Uh, you'll see. It's an upcoming clip. It's quite funny, and you, you got to see the video as well. Okay, well, tell me what happened there. Uh, we had a diver get a zero point zero. How do you get a zero? Um, basically, you jump once on the board, and you literally just jump in the water. Why did she well, do wait that? a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She left the board and ended up in the water. you yeah, got to get a point one for that. No, I mean, you just she literally just basically did fell in the water. Did she forget what she was going to do? I or don't know. Chicken out or? It, it, either one of us could have done this. So I just mean. the kind of hop off feet first in the water is a 0.0? Yes. She literally... <laughs> Maybe she the just best. had an effort moment. We've all had them, you know, at work or whatever. This sucks. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? Why have I dedicated my life to flipping through the air and landing in water? What the hell is the point? Or her boyfriend just dumped her or who knows what. Would you right. Would you like to hear the entire... It's pretty, sure, why They not? build it up. Okay, That's good. the best part is how they build it up. Okay, awesome. This is the most difficult dive, by the way, of the entire competition, 3.5. This dive could be spectacular. She's got all the makings of a gorgeous 
Oh, no! Pamela, where? Fail dive. I am going to say that I am very proud of myself. I was so ready for this competition, and I made a mistake. That sounds like something I would do. So <sighs> I, I, <laughs> I like the idea of you say you're going to do the most difficult dive anybody's done. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can. No. <laughs> then you just jump in with feet abort, first. <laughs> abort. Abort. <laughs> wow. But she's very proud of herself. How millennial a thing is that to say? Now, she's worked harder at diving than I have at anything in my life. I don't mean to belittle the gal, and I don't know what happened, but that's a very uh, Generation Z thing to say. Well, so is the whole Simone Biles thing. It's interesting to me the differing views on this. And like I said last week, I have no need to beat up on her, but the whole this just shows how courageous she is and the USA Today article about this is the most important award she's ever won, you know, that sort of crap. No, it doesn't, and no, it isn't. What, what, when is the, you cracked under pressure become the, the greatest thing you've ever accomplished? She doesn't have it anymore. That's not heroic. That's, you know, melancholy. And let's look back on her mind-bogglingly wonderful career. But no, that's not the most courageous thing she ever did, announcing, I don't have it anymore. Yeah. We worship weakness we as do. a society. We do. That's, so that's, that, that's why I was getting into this. We uh, had Mike Slater in, on last week. Uh, maybe you know who he is. He's on TV shows nationwide, and he's on radio in uh, San Diego, uh, noon to three on AM 760. But anyway, that was his thing, is that we've just, we, we, we do. We worship weakness. We're all, we're so touchy-feely now. It's all about who can be, who can be the most precious, who can, who can be the most vulnerable and the softest and the, just the most, ah, uh, 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 we are, we will be taken over by China. And I'm not, I mean, that's just not right-wing talk radio hyperbole. The, the tougher culture is going to take over the world from the culture that's, oh, isn't that fantastic? She's just, she's so delicate now. She can't compete. That's the greatest thing she's, she's ever done. She's a hero yeah. for that. that. How weird is that? And never mind China will be taken over by Mexico. I was just reading about organized crime in Mexico, which in spite of several presidents in a row has vowed to deal with it, and they've, they've tried very different uh, methods. It's still absolutely horrific. I mean, Kabul is glad it's not some cities in Mexico. But there was a, there was a feeling that, and I used to buy into this, I don't think I, I do anymore. There was a feeling that back in the day, we were just too hard a country. You know, men couldn't cry, and we didn't let people... Uh, talk about uh, being depressed and just where we're way too t- hard, a, t- hard a country. And then now we've, you know, we're way closer to getting it right. I don't think that's the way the world works. Um, no, I think I, I, I think, see what you mean. I yeah. think once you start down that path, the problem with it is once you start down that path is it just it just continues and we get softer and softer and uh, and and fetishize weakness and 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 um um, uh, what do you call families that don't work out? Um, uh, uh, to, to, to dysfunction? Yeah, and we, we, we fetishize dysfunction now way more than, mm. than toughness and, and, and being able to function. Right. And that's not uh, going to play well through history. Other think, countries will come along and dominate you. 
I think it is to a large extent one of those natural forces like supply and demand in economics where, uh, and I've, I've termed it uh, necessity versus nicety, where when times are tough, getting back to that theme, necessity rules because it is necessary. You must be tough and resilient and creative and, 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 and bear your fists sometimes and let them fly. And then as things get more and more comfortable, there's more room for nicety for, for, uh, you know, understanding and mercy and kindness and and diversity and that sort of thing um and i'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily but you pass a certain point where nicety is worshipped and necessity is scoffed at there's a reason you watch those nature channels and the herd kicks the weak one out and lets the lion get them so that they can survive i know that's harsh and mean and everything like that but uh, it might just be the way of the world. If you want your herd to survive, you have to value toughness and function. Do I understand correctly? You're advocating feeding people the lions, Nero? <laughs> yes, I was going to save that for uh, hour three, but uh, that is what I'm advocating. Oh, speaking of animals, uh, I made this point late in the show yesterday, and I think it's worth sharing now. Uh, we were talking about the whole intersectionality thing. Speaking of that sort of touchy-feely nonsense, and how the uh, the gender studies crowd is actually trying to teach the kids there's no biological difference between male and female humans. That's entirely a social construct. It's a lie meant to oppress. And James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose make the point in their, their brilliant, if somewhat dense book, Cynical Theories, if that were true, and it's clearly not, but they're feeding that crap to your kids on campuses. If that were true, we would quite literally be, literally be the only primate species on Earth in which that were true. Hmm. That's how flippin' ridiculous it is, <laughs> he says, having come close to saying a naughty, naughty word. Uh, I uh, One more question I've got uh, for something later that I want to talk about. And I almost texted you last night, but I thought it was too late when I thought about it. Do you think your dad would be willing to come on and talk about when in school they used to swim naked in school? So funny you brought that up. Because my son is going to shower for the first time for football, (laughs) and he's just horrified by the idea. (laughs) And I I was just talking to him about how things have changed. Right. Well, we were just, Judy and I were hanging out, having drinks with, who was it, was talking about Catholic schools back in the day and how they swam naked. Yeah, I think that was just Purvo priests, man. I don't think that was, I don't think that fits into what I was telling my son about showering and everything like that. Well, I think think it's a different topic. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just a completely different topic. Although swim trunks were considered a luxury in the post-World War II era. Because of the lack of lycra or something. Yes, Michael. We were supposed to shower in PE, but nobody did. Okay, and I'm so wondering if your son, this I might want, be the same okay, case. Okay, I want to save that for the conversation. All right, then. That's an interesting change in a, you know, in a couple of generations, uh, and I, I'm not sure it matters or not, but... Yeah. Uh, how does mailbag look, which is coming oh, up? It's tremendous. We may even have to split it into a couple of segments, this, uh, this show. Well, I'm thinking more about this. So the, 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 the generation that stopped being willing to shower at school because they didn't want to be around other naked people, 
is the generation now that doesn't couple and have as much sex and have kids and have families. So I don't know if any of that ties together. or mm. I, just, I don't know. Need no more idea. nudity. Public nudity, <laughs> especially. Need more group nudity. <laughs> Get comfortable with your bodies, folks. It's fine. Everybody's got one or the other. Come on yeah, now. I'll get into this later. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. And the news of the day, all kinds of stuff on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've got a Simone Biles spoiler we could hit you with a little bit later, Olympics-wise, I suppose, but we'll give you a spoiler in case you want to watch it tonight in prime time. Yeah, I've heard it like 11 times already today. I don't think it's avoidable. I know, and I'm, I'm not sure how many people are even, you know, into it, so... Judy and I were both, we were talking last night, we're, we're less into it than we've ever been in our lives. There's a chance that I am going to go through the entire Olympics without watching any. I haven't watched any yet. Oh, you I, haven't? I watched huh. the opening ceremony, and I haven't seen a moment of sports. And not since I the, it was a seven-year-old boy, first Olympics I watched, have I missed large chunks of the Olympics. Well, I've watched some of it on my golf trip. I watched a fair amount with the fellas, but uh, my desire to watch more is, uh, if it's on, I think of it, meh. My life's in a bit of chaos right now, so that's right. probably the reason, but yeah. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day, once again from our hero, Thomas Sowell. The totalitarian mindset behind the liberal vision shows through in innumerable ways. There are no institutions in America where free speech is more severely restricted than in our politically correct colleges and universities, dominated by liberals. In a related quote, the political left's attempts to silence ideas they cannot or will not debate are a confession of intellectual bankruptcy. I know. I would uh, I would agree. I am willing to argue and debate any idea I have any time. Mailback. The uh, topic is the real truth from uh, Peter in San Leandro, California. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions, but not their own facts. Only my facts. Well, Peter has the facts. Alan writes, a trans woman won Miss Nevada. Yeah, that is correct. Thereby proving that men can do anything better than women, including being a woman. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. So-called white privilege. Kevin, the Fagafy, Texas Marine, checks in saying the second hour of the show, uh, you're talking about white privilege. My first job was in the cabbage fields of southeastern Wisconsin at age 12. Yes, at age 12, I was doing a job we were told Americans will not do. From there, I became a Marine. Spent as much time as I was allowed playing in jungles and sandboxes before my body failed me. And I and those I served with, all colors of the spectrum, and none of us cared. Why do those who make the biggest deal of the least important thing, skin color, seem to have done the least? Mm. Well, it's uh, they're hustlers, Kevin. They're race hustlers. They've been around forever. Uh, the great uh, black leaders of the 19th century, the early 20th century, the middle of the 20th, they identified these people. They make money by whipping up race hatred. Robin DiAngelo, uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi. There's, there's a generation of them. They're no different than the other ones. Just different uh, rap. 
topic COVID and illegal aliens, Amani writes, I'm not going to try to blame the sprinkling of thousands of untested illegal aliens across the country for the recent surge of COVID cases oh boy, yeah, among the un- unvaccinated. I was about to get into that. Let's do it. Can it at least be suggested that it certainly can't help the situation without being called a racist or a xenophobe? Uh, personally, I don't care what the causes of the surge might be because anyone can walk into a Walmart and get a vaccination. So we're at the proceed at your own risk stage in this whole thing. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, we're letting thousands of people come across the border untested for COVID and head out into the country and uh, and then lecturing people who, uh, you know, would dare to uh, walk into a Target, which you can't do, by the way. Target, Walmart, and McDonald's all announced you got to mask up to come in there nationwide. Target, Walmart, and McDonald's. That's a lot of people. Well, I would uh, also point out that when they have tested the illegal aliens, they have incredibly high rates of COVID. Sure. Well, uh, with this Delta, the way it spreads, of course they do. Sure. Yep. BJ writes, yesterday my wife and I went for a long walk in the park in San Francisco. Over 80% of the people were not wearing masks. That's a first. We haven't been wearing masks outside for months, so this was heartening. Also, we're treating this COVID scare as any other flu. We're careful where we need to be, but aside from that... F him, Fauci and his hideous political health care scarers, which reminds me, I came across a great article in Slate of all places about American public health officials and politicians play, uh, uh, perpetrating what they call the noble lie, mm-hmm. lying to us for our own good. Yeah, which Fauci has admitted to. Right, and they cite several examples, and the damage it does. The, the super elite think, well, we can manipulate the stupid masses. They don't understand the damage they're doing. All right, because we catch you on one, and that's it. We don't believe you ever again. Well, and when they pile up one after the other, yeah, all credibility dies. Uh, so we'll get into some of the news of the day when we come back, and then um, uh, showering... Among other naked people at school. Is that a thing of the past? I, I wasn't aware of that. Maybe it is. I don't know. How we made you? more of that, not less of it. Naked math class, <laughs> English. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, a disturbing number of people are quite happy to be subjects. They say, oh, yes, I couldn't go to That's Granny's right. 90th birthday, but it's perfectly fine uh, for Barack Obama to have 500 people because our rulers are, are, are so much better than us. The, the last 18 months has actually clarified this. Uh, the governor of California eating at the French Laundry, oh, well, that's different. He's a great man. Obama is a great man. Flying George Clooney and Oprah in, that's that's appropriate. Oh, uh, I'm just going to put my mask back on and go back in the house for another 18 months. So, yeah, Barack Obama, we talked about that uh, yesterday. He's having a big 60th birthday party this weekend with Obama, cl- close to 500 <laughs> guests and 200 servants and all the biggest liberal stars you know are going to be there. I This sort of stuff doesn't bother me. Uh, what Mark Stein said there is absolutely true. Um, and I sp- per- particularly uh, saw an article in New York Post. Can you imagine how the media would react if Trump were doing the same thing? If he were having a big, berserk, if he were having like a big, you know, seventy fifth birthday party at a multi million dollar estate with a whole bunch of powerful heavyweight rich people, 
uh, in the in the midst of the COVID, they would they would lose their heads over the you know the 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 lack of equality in America. You know the, the the wealth would be part of it. The the COVID would be part of it. It would all just be uh, the, the, the losing their minds. Certainly, lots about white people, but white I'm, privilege. But I'm not a two wrongs make a right guy. I don't think it's any big deal whatsoever that Obama has a birthday party. I don't think it's a, any big deal whatsoever that 500 people get together in his 20 acre backyard that are vaccinated. It's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal for anybody. Now, the fact that some government officials make it a big deal for us and not for him that that's annoying. Yeah, uh, some people on the right especially are making a big deal of the fact that Lollapalooza was held in Chicago and that the the utterly corrupt nut job mayor Lori Lightfoot intentionally postponed the new mandates, the new mask mandates so that they could squeeze Lollapalooza in. Uh you know, I'm reminded that that these guidelines are guidelines. They're suggestions, they're best practices. I, I, I would suggest that you as a sentient human being, allegedly, uh, some, some of us accepted, but uh, you figure it out for yourself. Manage risk and benefit yourself. Figure out, given your health status, your vaccination status, whether you've had the Chinese bad fever or whatever, make your own decisions. Oh, and I misspoke. Uh, it's not, uh, so masks are now required. McDonald's, Target, I said Walmart. It's not Walmart, it's Home Depot. I uh, hope I don't get sued by Walmart. Um, Home Depot, McDonald's, and Target, though. Three giant chains nationwide that are masks for everybody. So there you go. Um, and uh, Lindsey Graham, I declare I've got the COVID. I do not feel so good. Um, <laughs> Lindsey Graham, senator from South Carolina, has a breakthrough case of the COVID. He's vaccinated, but he's got the COVID, and he's got mild flu symptoms. And so there you go. There's another one of those. By the way, new poll says four out of five vaccinated Americans blame unvaccinated people for the rising cases. You know why that is? Because uh, they're mostly to blame. Because they're to blame. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of the Chinese bat fever, then we can move on. Um, uh, uh, a friend of a friend has it bad. Been in bed for a couple of days. Uh, 39 years old, lean, strong, and healthy. He's really sick. He isn't unvaxxed. Uh, and and so he got it, um, and then uh, you know I've I've run into a couple of people who've been vaxxed and had the fairly uh, uh, unpleasant cases of the thing. Although it's just kind of a upper respiratory infection, it's not going to kill you or put you in the hospital, most likely. Um, there are some studies I saw. It's going st- around, uh, no no question. I saw one study last week that a third of COVID, people who've had COVID, have some sort of um, their brains ain't working the way they used to. A third. Now, Mm, whether that's that's accurate or not, I don't know. Um, Because, you know, if I was told that maybe your brain might not be working, I could think, yeah, I have been forgetting things more lately. So I I don't know. But but it's certainly true for some people. Um, So, yeah, it could be a mild thing and you get over it. But if your brain don't quite work the same anymore for the rest of your life, that ain't no minor deal. Yeah, I've been lazy and disagreeable ever since I had the COVID. Um, Oh, actually, here's what I was uh, looking for. I've been um, eating junk food ever (laughs) since I got the COVID. So this is from a very good friend of the Armstrong and Getty show who writes, just got off the phone with a colleague that works at a uh, certain healthcare company. He was just released from the ICU, has a bad case of COVID, late 40s, average health, and he was vaccinated. Uh, one of my sister-in-law's friend's son 
That's friend of a friend, granted. Now has COVID. He's in his 20s. He was vaccinated. Both had Pfizer. Um, I'm team, team Pfizer. Team Moderna! And I, team I will Moderna not hear, rules! Pfizer I'd, sucks! I'd rather be jabbed with cat pee than Moderna. Anyway, um, so yeah, the breakthroughs exist. They're fairly rare, and they're usually very, very mild. Um, but it does, uh, you know, there are the occasional fairly severe cases. It's just, there's no sure thing in life, man. No, and but just the, the pain in the ass of it, even if you don't get sick or have any lingering effects. So I mentioned last week, my son's best friend was at a camp and he uh, had flu-like symptoms on him. He got home on a Friday. They got him tested. He had the COVID. Well, then his, it's, um, it's almost certainly the Delta variant. Then his sister got it too. So the kids have it and the parents are both vaccinated because there are breakthrough cases. They are... Uh, quarantining. So the whole family is staying home and inside and dad not going to work for two weeks and canceling things. And it's a pain in the ass. So they making nothing the kids else, sleep in the garage. If nothing else, I'd like to avoid the pain in the uh, r- routine of it. Son, I hate to do this, but you need to sleep in the dog crate until you're over this thing. Moving uh, along to different topics. If, oh, uh, if I was told I had to stay in my bedroom for the next two weeks, <laughs> I would uh, sign up for that today. But. How do I get yeah. the COVID? Who's got it? Who can come spit into my mouth? Oh, jeez. No, you don't have to do that. You just it's breathe. Either. No. Breathe oh and I'll God. breathe in the... I want to get the COVID. Yeah, yeah. State Department announced yesterday that in light of increased levels of Taliban violence, they're expanding access to the U.S. Afghan refugee program to many of those who do not currently hold special immigrant visas. We're talking any Afghans who really helped us, the coalition forces, including Afghans employed by a U.S.-based media company or non-governmental organizations, your charities, whatever, any Afghans who helped the West uh, we're expanding the program to get them in, which is nice. It, it ought to at least partially avoid a bloodbath. Yeah, that uh, that video they put out last week was uh, was rough. I didn't watch it, but I read about it. Oh, the uh, beheading? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, I didn't watch it either. That's brutal. Speaking of foreign hellholes, um, you know, you got uh, the, the situation in, in Hungary with old uh, Lutashenko, the, the dictator there. Um and uh, let me see if I can find that uh, brutal, brutal story. There's this guy, and it it just it really ought to put you to shame. You 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 would be heroes. You I'm sorry, not uh, hungry Belarus. Um, uh, you uh, bandana wearing Antifa jackasses who pretend like you're revolutionaries. Here's a Belarusian activist living in exile in Ukraine, helping. Other Belarusian refugees find housing, find jobs, find medical care, legal help, whatever they have. Uh, he was found beaten and hanged in Kiev for helping resistors against uh, Lutashenko's uh, evil regime. Now, that's a guy who risked all of it. He knew he was mm. being trailed. He, he knew he was under death threats, and he joked about it, and he kept doing his work, and he died for it, which is obviously tragic. But that's what courage looks like. You trustafarian jackasses. Guy's a hero. It's unbelievable. Most people never know his name. He showed courage. Most of us will never even be asked to show. Sad. Um, here's uh, your irony award for the day. Some people are at the Titanic Museum. I don't know where that is. Uh, but the iceberg wall collapsed and injured three visitors. Oh. That's... Uh... Ironic or something or something <laughs> belated. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's weird. 
Uh, and then this, I came across this, why are our, our, how, how, not why, but how polarized our politics are. And this is not surprising to anybody, but uh, this is a new research from Pew. From 1994 to 2000, the before times, uh, 1994 to 2000, according to the Pew Research Center, only 16% of Democrats held a very unfavorable view of Republicans. And the same in reverse. Very wow. unfavorable was pretty low. It was 17% of Republicans had an unfav- very unfavorable view of Democrats, and then vice versa, almost the same. It has been climbing over the years, and it is now the majority. Wow. Just over 50% of both parties have a very unfavorable view of the other party. From less than a fifth to over half. Great, Scott. That will bring you what we've got. That yeah. will bring you the conversations that we're having. Of course, the, yeah. the the I think I think the social media information stream that we all live in now is what's driving those numbers. Not the, they get, well, I suppose they feed on themselves once they get going. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking back to the the time of Reagan. I remember the super over overheated rhetoric kind of building then. Although that was at the beginning of the time we're discussing. Uh, that he was a, uh, a tyrant and a, and, and a racist and all sorts of horrible things. He was going to get us into a nuclear war. He won war. 49 states, though. Yeah, I know. I know. But but in, in the press and in the popular culture and the rest, I remember that overheated rhetoric. And I think that was the dawn of it. Um, when we come back, got a pretty good example of why maybe there aren't as many people watching the Olympics. The woke ads. Uh, might be turning people off. Hmm. Some of the examples, because I haven't been watching the Olympics, I missed these woke ads. I can explain to you what Nike and others are saying during the uh, broadcast, which would make you throw up in your mouth if you were watching. Great. Who Great. wants oh. that? And for the record, Vitaly Shishov is the name of that Belarusian activist who wow. is no longer with us. Yeah. Vitaly Shishov, a, a hero. They are the um, Nathan Hales of their country. I mean, they are people who are actually willing to lay their lives on the line for a better country, and uh, that's, yeah. that's something. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff on the way. Text line 415. Anybody turned off by the ads during the Olympics? Because i got a couple examples for you that are going to make your stomach turn. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Like the Greta Van Fleet. What a fun band, huh? Hot guts gets me really going. Said hard rock. Love it. So, uh, ratings are down for the Olympics. There's all kinds of reasons that could be. The New York Post is saying maybe it's the woke commercials. I, uh, I haven't tuned in and been turned off by commercials and tuned out. So, um, maybe you have, but it, it, uh, it gives uh, several examples which I'll run through, including this Nike ad, which I haven't heard. This is tomorrow. Tomorrow, very early, someone will go on her first ever run. Right after, Shelly Ann will run the hundred in under ten seconds. By lunchtime, a shoe will grow from her seed. 
the WNBA will surpass the NBA in popularity. This tennis legend will launch her own video game. Also, tomorrow, we will all finally respect athletes' mental health. Yeah. Oh, shut up. What, what are you talking about? What's it Was that a Simone Biles thing? Did they like just put that together after Simone Biles? In uh, Naomi Osaka, maybe? I don't maybe know. we'll finally respect athletes' mental health. Okay, well, Nike... I'm um, reading from the New York Post. Nike has been airing an ad titled Tomorrow, Imagining a World in Which Women Dominate Every Single Sport. Tomorrow, the WNBA will surpass the NBA in popularity. Yeah, I got a commercial where I imagine talking dogs. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> well, to which the New York Post said, that's a fairly harmless fantasy, but why is it a fantasy at all? It might be good enough for the WNBA to simply equal the NBA in terms of public interest, even though that's not likely to happen. But why would it be a better world if more people watch the WNBA than watch the Men's NBA. By the way, currently, the NBA averages 20 million viewers per game, the WNBA 400,000. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. But but why would that be a imagine a world where? What, that, that, it reminds it's, me it's of the... Like I always call a greeting card rhetoric, emotional, dopey, sloganeering. It reminds me of the, you know all the up with women stuff that has, has brought us to a situation where, like, Two-thirds of law students, medical students, all kind, veterinary students, all kinds of students are women way more than men. We got, a, we got a man problem. At what point is one side dominating so much that you ought to do something about it? But anyway, uh, it's unclear what it means to finally respect athletes' mental health. Everyone acknowledges a competitor's right to back out of a game, whether because they choked or suffered a lapse of mania. But by respect... Nike means celebrate, as the way the world did uh, Simone Biles last week. Why were we celebrating people um, not having the mental fortitude to go on with their sport? Some of the other ads, Procter & Gamble paid homage to Xenia Nasser, a Lebanese-German boxer. Not so much for her accomplishments as a champion featherweight. I didn't know they had women's boxing. That's new. But her trailblazing achievement in getting Germany to allow her to wear headscarves during the matches. Okay. Um, Fantastic. Lily, what does the company Lily do? Pharmaceuticals? Yeah. Lily paid to have an ad promoting its pharmaceuticals, complete with a shout-out for transgender people because the body you are randomly assigned at birth shouldn't determine how well you are cared for. All right. The preachy voiceover was accompanied by footage of a trans man with visible chest scars, the result of a voluntary mastectomy. Uh, The cringe is harsh, says the New York Post, even when we're supposed to be celebrating America's most physically awesome athletes. Uh, Gone is the simple and broadly appealing message of how dedication, hard work, and sacrifice can lead to success at the heights of athleticism. So they give out awards. The gold medal goes to Lily for the insufferably woke category for promoting the notion that individuals are not born with a specific sex, but with a body you are randomly assigned at birth. Hilarious. What the hell does that mean? Uh, Procter & Gamble gets the silver medal for the insufferably woke category of reducing a woman's athletic prowess to her achievement in getting Germany to allow burkas and boxing. And Nike gets the bronze medal for uh, berating Americans who choose to watch the NBA over the WNBA. (laughs) Wow, that's good writing. I like that. (laughs) All right. It's just all so tiring. It's just like, I think their point is, and my point would be, I don't have specific problems with a lot of that stuff, but it's just so tiring. Yeah, it just wears your hiney out. 
Well, and the illogic of it and the fact that it's so clearly just a virtue signal. It's just a, a club membership sign shouting out. Eli, Lily, you're in the medical profession. The body you were randomly assigned at birth. I, I well, like, yeah, okay, I didn't, like, write an essay <laughs> applying for a penis, <laughs> granted. But, I, you yeah. know, if I'd have been applied, if I had to apply, I'd have probably been turned down. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> you don't my, deserve this, I wouldn't have got my application in on time. I wouldn't put enough for it in. They'd have turned me down. No, well, I like that. Who, are, who are, in this imaginary commercial, who are you angry at? So you're, you're angry at nature and God for the fact that four species... To exist and procreate, you have to have one of one and one of the other to get together. It's how we, you know, continue to be on the planet. And no, ang- those differences don't exist. Why do you keep insisting they do? You're, you're, ang- you're angry at nature or God for randomly assigning you a gender at birth. Like somebody did this to you. That's so weird. Please this- do not use gendered language to to address everyone. To, to, to discuss gender. Uh, yeah, uh, the same way fish got randomly assigned and squirrels and tigers and birds and the rest of it. The, the male birds are generally prettier than the girl birds. Should we march? Should we pull birds out of their nests and club them to death? I mean, how am I supposed to react to this? Oh, hey, speaking of animals and humans, uh, we're now supposed to, brace yourselves, my friends, we're now supposed to take people seriously who identify as animals. We will play you some tape that will enlighten your bigoted selves. So stay tuned for that. Well, I know. Plus how- the concept of the noble lie from health professionals. Um, uh, people who identify as animals. I know how this works now, and I hesitate to make any jokes or anything like that because five years from now, that will be the accepted view. And anybody who doesn't have that view is considered a hateful bigot, and you could lose your job over it. And I don't want to have any comments on the radio that uh, you could go back and listen to and, uh, you know. Well, you just listen to me and giggle softly then, because I'm going to let loose. I'm going to bring it. So if you identify as a bunny rabbit, brace yourself. (laughs) Probably you're braced against everyday living if you identify as a bunny rabbit. If you miss an hour of the show, you can find it in the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.